promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Hello and welcome back to the Treadweary Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Carlton Smee, and it's such a joy to be able to gather with you as we always do. This is the audio arm of Treadweary.com, and it's where we gather to do some Bible study. We open up the scriptures and we try to see where it is that God is doing on our behalf, where God is handing us his grace through Jesus Christ, knowing that more often than not, we are a people who Uh, find ourselves on a treadmill, always trying to do the best that we can to be as good as we can. And we often don't uh, want to admit it, but it's usually because we want to, to make ourselves worthy of something and finding out that in Christ, in God is where all our worthiness lies. That it is that in God, in Christ, we have received from him the things that we need uh, the the righteousness and the redemption. Well, we've been going through the Gospel of John uh, over this last almost year. It seems like seems like forever. And uh, this week we uh, are on our next to last study of John. We've made it to John twenty one, and we're going to be taking a look at the appearance of Christ there at the Sea of Tiberias. Uh, and his um, his his time of gifting to the disciples as revealing himself in a particular way. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to John 21, chapter 21. We're going to be starting at verse 1. John 21, verse 1. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible this time as I've returned to, to using that for my personal devotions. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Twin, or Didymus, Nathanael from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him, for he had taken it off and plunged into the sea. Since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, and let us pray. Gracious God, we do ask that you would reveal yourself to us now in your word. Christ, reveal yourself to us in what it does that you have done. Spirit, reveal yourself to us through our ears, through our hearts, that we might know Christ for who he is for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, as we've often been doing, we've been looking at this through the lens of worship, and, and this this uh, portion of chapter 21 is going to be no different. But here we have the disciples. This is after the appearance in the upper room. This is the after the, the appearance to Thomas. This is after uh, he has sent them out with this mission to to go and and forgive sins. They've they've received the Holy Spirit, and and they they've been sent out to to bring faith to people, to bring trust to people that they might trust in God above anything else. And yet, what do we do? But we find Peter and the other disciples sitting by a lake shore prepared to go back to their regular daily programming, right? They've had this encounter, and yet there is this, uh, this, this drawing of our, our, our hearts, our, our mortality, our humanness, to going about what it is that we uh, think we need to do on a daily basis. And what we find is that Simon Peter decides, I'm going to go fishing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I, you know, possibly they were at the Sea of Tiberias there in, in Galilee waiting to see Jesus again. Maybe they were meeting together there in a safe place to gather for prayer and for worship because of fear of the Jews. Maybe they knew that they could gather there and not have an issue. It, it could be a lot of different things, but Simon Peter's gotten bored and he said, okay, I'm going to go fishing. Uh, we need to make a living here. We don't have much. Uh, we don't have much left in our sea rations, so we need to. We need to do do something. And so they say, "Okay, we're coming with you," and they get in the boat. But what we discover is that Christ reveals Himself in a particular way, in during our everyday action, and it comes to us as an interruption. Because notice they were out fishing, and it was not going well for them. They had nothing. They, they would have gone out fishing then because they would have cast their nets and the fish would have been near the surface uh, because it was safer at night because during the during the day they would they would uh, swim uh, closer to the bottom of of the lake out of protection but also to possibly maybe avoid avoid warmer water temperature I have no idea I'm not a zoologist um, but they were about their work and it was not going well and daybreak dawns. And Jesus is standing on the shore, but they didn't know that it was him. And, they, and he just asks a question. Do you have any fish? And they say, no. What a confession for us. We, we go about our daily business and we discover that even in our daily work, where we can have a bad day because this doesn't mean that maybe tomorrow Simon Peter went fishing and he caught fish. But what we discover here in this interaction with Christ is that we find that what Christ is saying now is that the daily stuff, although it it can fulfill some things, it's not going to fulfill everything and that you are actually going to be nothing without me. Remember, we're, we're looking for what Christ is going to do for us. And here Christ is saying, displaying in his work, telling them to, to cast the nets on the other side 
of the boat and they haul in so much fish that that they they can't even imagine christ is saying you have nothing without me absolutely nothing you can pretend like you have something but it's not there but you need me you need me for your sake to provide for you because here this is another picture of god's provision another picture of what it is that that god has been doing through christ all through the gospels causing us to to be turned to him to trust in him rather than in ourselves or in the world around us trusting in him through his daily provision for us it's we're we're just getting done with thanksgiving here and and thanksgiving is supposed to be this time in which we give thanks to god but how many of us realize that we rely on god for all things that that even the supermarkets rely on god for all things and the farmers that provide the produce for the supermarkets rely on god for all things the factories that create the processed foods rely on on the the folks who who bring in the stuff to be processed which is given to them by god and and here we have this picture of christ fulfilling almost again what happened in the feeding of the 5000 and the 4000 his provision the fact that we we cannot live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of god realizing that we grab a hold of everything that we possibly can and yet we need him because everything comes from him and it causes us to have to see about our worship does our worship cause us to be those who rely on god does our worship cause us to turn to to be turned toward him to to repent ourselves and turn towards the christ the one who gives to us all things or does our worship become something else here we have Christ displaying himself, revealing himself, uh, 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 giving of himself to, to, to others, appearing before his disciples in a particular way. And, and that is what we need. That is what we need on Sundays. We, we need to, to realize that when we gather for worship, whether it's on Sundays or online right now or on Facebook or even on our own time when we're reading the scriptures, which I hope you're doing every day, it is there for Christ to reveal himself to us that we might know him more and rely on him knowing that without him we are nothing. And see, the reaction of Simon Peter is perfect. He's the one who says, let's go fishing. And then John says, it's the Lord. This, this Jesus of the surprise, this Jesus showing up when least expect him. I don't expect him to be there in some way, shape, or form when they're, when they're out fishing. And Simon Peter, his reaction, he grabs his clothes that he had taken off because it's hard work to do that fishing. And he jumps in the water and wades his way back to the shore because he cannot wait to be in the presence of of his Jesus. I wonder if that is our Sundays, if that is our time now where we, maybe we are sitting down with our computers to partake in, in church now this way because of, of this pandemic. Is it something in which we look forward to? Is it something in which we cannot wait to be back together with our Jesus? with, with, with our, 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 our Savior, the one who has given himself to us. When we get up in the morning, 
do we make first the goal to read the scriptures because we desire to be with our Christ, to be with God, even for just a moment? Or do we just go, huh, whatever, and we just come to him when we need him, but otherwise not much at all? That's the struggle for us as the sinner. The sinner's desire is to work out everything on his own. What we need is this Christ who gives himself to us freely and gives to us all things freely. And then we need to desire the Spirit to birth in us this yearning for him. When this is published, we, are in the midst, we will be in the midst of the Advent season, Advent be, meaning coming, the coming of Christ, where we celebrate him coming first in, in, in that manger. We celebrate him coming to us in his word and in the sacraments. And we celebrate him coming to us again in glory, celebrating that, that first he, he comes to us as, as a child, an unexpected way. He also comes to us in his word to speak to us and to hand us his gifts in the sacraments. And, and often we, we don't think that he could come in such measly things like a few wafers and some juice, some wine or in the waters of baptism, let alone in words spoken, because we say, oh, well, they're just words of some dude who wrote them down, never thinking that they are actually Christ speaking, Christ dwelling there in his word. And now with Advent, we also look forward to his second coming in glory, where he'll come to judge the living and the dead, desiring for him to come to return, especially now in 2020, right? (laughs) Well, they get on the land, and they see a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it. You kind of want to go, what? Jesus, seriously, you needed us to bring you fish and you've already got some. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a reality for us that, that often Christ will call us to do something that he's already going to provide for us later anyways, but he, but he wants to display himself to us. But even more so, that, that Christ is never one to wait for us. He's always one to give of himself to us. I keep saying that, but we need to hear it, church. That that he, he he's not one to sit there and wait. Okay, now, now Simon has brought the fish. Now we can get started. No, he's going to provide whatever it is that is needed at that moment. Because we're never a burden to him. Never, ever, ever are we a burden to him. He's always one to lay himself wholly out there. Then he says, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Not that he needs to put them on the fire, but he wants to make sure that, 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 that Peter realizes the, the weight of this fish. And it's gigantic. It's, it's given in abundance. It's like the baskets in the feeding of the 5,000, where they had a dozen baskets of leftovers from five loaves and two fish. But it reminds me there of Luke 6. In Luke chapter 6, because remembering that the mission of the disciples is to go out and preach forgiveness. And here Christ is overflowing his goodness that is found in that forgiveness in something as silly as fish in a net. Because there in Luke 6, chapter 6, verses 37, 38, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you a good measure. Press down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured back to you as we gather for worship church as we as we open up the word 
as 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 we live out our life of with this Jesus who interrupts our daily lives who 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 provides for us when times when we don't think there's any provision he's this one who says to us that he's going to gift to us more than we could ever imagine and here that's what's happening in this in in this this story this gifting of God's goodness to us. And it doesn't often look like 153 fish jammed into nets that, that aren't breaking. No, I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm not talking about a picket fence and, and uh, you know, two and a half kids and a German shepherd. I'm talking about the provision that we truly need, which is life everlasting. Life in Christ, a life that cannot be taken away from us, an identity that cannot be taken away from us because it lives within Christ, not in ourselves. And so it is that, that Christ pours himself out into the laps of the disciples and into us that he might continually offer up to us his grace, his mercy, his favor. And so he has the disciples come and sit and have breakfast. And I love how it says that that none of them asked who he was because they all knew the Lord. It, it harkens back to Jeremiah 31. You should know it. We, we've heard a billion times, Jeremiah 31. I will put my teaching within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration. I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. They have happening to them this new covenant that God is pouring out to them, putting it in their hearts that they know Christ. And with that comes this forgiveness that overflows. This is Christ gifting to them, even in the midst of them being betrayers and abandoners and deniers. Remembering that those are that's the resume of these disciples. These were ones that Jesus should have turned his back on, but no, he, he still speaks to them as their Lord, as Christ, and he gifts to them here on the seashore. And it is there that he's overflowing his mercies. He's not remembered any of their sins, and he's placed it in their hearts that they know him, and they don't have to ask any questions. They know it is him. So church, I wonder for us, what is it in our worship, in our churches, in our personal Bible reading, in our prayers, in our ministry? What is done there to make sure that people know Christ and know him more fully? That they might know life everlasting that is found in him? That all these other things that seem to be taken away from us during this pandemic are not? Because you see here it says this was the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead, remembering that three times tends to be things that are certain. That's that's what we hear in, in Daniel, for instance, where it says this happened three times that you might know that it's certain, that it's set, that Christ is raised, that he is here to, to appear and to give and to be revealed to us. Church, I pray that that would be for us always. Well, next week, we'll have Jesus and Peter walking along that shore. And we'll have Peter getting a little bothered about John. And then finally, we will finish up 
this Gospel of John, and then we'll move on to something else, something different. I don't know yet. But until then, prayers for you in the midst of this pandemic. Be safe, be healthy. But also prayers that the scriptures will be opened up to you anew each day. And until we are with each other again, go in peace to serve the Lord in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.